I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today I am answering your questions texted in to the Enneagram and Coffee phone number, which is 828-338-9127. I'm discussing relationships between type 5 and 8, how two nines can look so different, and how to write a type 5 main character. But first, today's rose, bud, and thorn. My rose today is simply my co-working space. I love working here and it makes me really happy. My thorn is that I don't know how to keep a water bottle. Every time I get a water bottle, it gets funky after a while. I've tried everything. I clean it a lot. I've tried baking soda, oh, and boiling water. And it just doesn't seem to get the funk out. And the whole point is to like help the environment, but if I keep buying water bottles, then how much am I helping? If you know a secret, I'd love to hear <laughs> if you have any solutions. My bud is that I have a new series coming up on the podcast. And I'm really looking forward to doing all about those lines of stress and rest. So let's get into today's question. So the first question is, can you pretty please, <laughs> like that phrasing, talk about relationships between an Enneagram 8 and an Enneagram 5? I'm an eight in a relationship with a five, and it would be so helpful to hear thank you. So that's actually a really fun combination because you actually complement each other pretty well. You're both independent, need a lot of space. You take care of yourself really well. You both enjoy a hearty debate and typically don't mind discussing ideas. The eight can help the five to be more in their body and in touch with their intuition, while the five can help the eight to not cross people's boundaries and to think before they speak. And the five can think things through while the eight makes them happen, which is really cool. So like if you're working on something together, your five is likely going to be the one who helps you to really plan it out and think it through. And then you're going to be the one who really gets it into gear and takes the action on it. Some things to keep in mind, though, is that fives can maybe lose respect if for eights if the eight is overly emotional and reactive. And then the eight can lose respect for the five if the five isn't doing what they think they need to be doing in terms of taking action. So those are some things that could kind of come up. In general, fives limit their physical needs and hope to get by on less. So if they feel like things are stressful or having a hard time, they're going to minimize everything in their life and try to get by on as little as possible. Whereas eights can be a little bit more like conquesty in mindset. Like I want to own things, I want to do things, like I want to own a house, I want to stake my place in the world, whereas fives may say, I don't ever need to own a home, or I don't even need to live in a house, you know, things like that on the extreme levels. They can almost float apart. So when you think about like conflict between five and eight, it's not necessarily like, you know, one's really emotionally in need and the other one is pulling away. It's like they both kind of just start to do their own thing. They both are pretty self-reliant, so they stop relying on one another and start relying on themselves more and so it's really helpful to, to really find ways in which you can depend on each other and let each other be your support system you're both so self-sufficient and almost have re opposite reactions to conflict right so the five may pull away and the eight seeks intensity kind of pushing that five further away like it's like i want this intense connection and i want this like you know meet me in the, my strength and the five's like gonna pull back almost 
which it's like they feed each other, right? The eight pushes forward, the five pulls back. The more the five pulls back, the more the eight pushes forward. I hope that is insightful for you. And we're going to move on to the next question. So the next question is, Hi, Sarah Jane. I so enjoy getting to listen and learn from your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I was wondering, I identify as a nine and recently my dad decided he identified as a nine as well. This makes a lot of sense to us in many regards. However, we both agree that he does not at all experience a lack of energy or the need for inertia that I experience. He's honestly the most productive and efficient person I know. I know that nines can absolutely be productive and efficient as well, but how he shows up in his productivity and efficiency just looks so different from myself and from what I've learned about nines. We were both wondering if this may be because of a one wing. Thank you. So I actually would attribute this to subtype. So if he's confident that he's typed correctly as a nine, I would say he's likely a social nine. So a lot of social nines end up taking up a lot of the weight at work. And so because they're used to having a heavier workload, they kind of by necessity might become efficient and productive. Another thing that could happen is he could be living out of that three space that you know nine moves to three in rest. And so maybe there's a lot of that three energy that he's picked up over the course of his life. Another thing is that he could be dominant type three, but I, you know, I really am not quick to say that because he should type himself, right? If he feels like he resonates with the core beliefs and the basic fears of type nine, I would just guess that he would be maybe subtype social. And perhaps you are subtype self-pres nine, which tends to be more comforting and cozy. You know, they kind of numb the most wanting to be as comfortable as possible. All right, our next question is, hi, Sarah Jane. My name is Juliana or Juliana, I'm not sure. And I'm so very excited to be asking you my Enneagram questions. Thank you for opening a door for one-to-one communication. I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. I am a four-wing five and I feel this burden to share with people through my writing. That is normal and okay to feel strong feelings and emotions and maybe even have the opportunity to connect with others who feel the same way. I do this through my characters. I'm currently developing a character for a new book idea, but cannot decide whether she is a four-wing five or a five-wing four. It could be that she's a four with a very strong five-wing or vice versa. I know I won't know for certain until she becomes herself through my writing. I love when that happens when developing characters. They slowly become their own people. My question concerns the type five. My character, should she end up being a five, is raised in a dystopian country from the past where resources for knowledge or for developing skills is limited simply because the kingdom she lives in is oppressed. What might a five do in this situation? She feels a desire to learn and understand but has no outlets. I don't consider her to be at a healthy level at the beginning of the series. I plan on writing, so I'm looking for an answer that concerns an unhealthy type 5. I am pretty certain what an unhealthy 4-wing 5 would do, but I am very determined to make a character who is a 5. That in itself seems so rare but understandable, So as they are complicated because of their withdrawn and logical natures. They're almost always background characters, which I hate. Thank you so much. I'm sorry that this was so long. Also, what is your Enneagram? Okay, so this is such a fun question. So in extreme stress, our fives pull away and become more reclusive. So they tend to withdraw, they tend to pull away. So in a situation where they're like in a dystopian society where there's no knowledge to be had, I would imagine they would find that knowledge anywhere they could. Um, But I also imagine they would spend a significant amount of time being as alone as possible. They would likely isolate. Another way that this could go is they might mask. So so fives do this thing where they mask, and this is their way of blending in. They kind of put on a persona of whatever 
kind of area they're surrounded by so that they can hide in plain sight, kind of, you know, like they're protecting their true selves by kind of putting on this mask. And within that space, maybe if they were a sexual five as their subtype, they could be a really curious person with people and get their knowledge from listening to other people's stories, asking other people lots of questions. So that's one way that could go. I've heard it described as sexual fives as being kind of a glutton for information like people's stories. Now, when a five is interacting with someone in this way, it's almost like they're studying them. So that's kind of an internal perspective on that. They also, in stress, move toward type seven, and this can cause them to become scattered or even like fantastical in their inner world as a way to escape that moment. They try to get by on as little as possible as well. Type fives do. They don't maybe don't want to own anything or so they don't have to want for anything. So they may be hoard resources or limit the amount of resources that they possibly could have. Like, I don't even need to own a house because, I, you know, I talked about that earlier in the episode, or I don't need, to, I can rent for the rest of my life. I don't need to own things, or maybe I don't need to have a bed frame. I can get by with just a mattress on the floor kind of deal. The kind of theory behind this is if they have no needs and they don't have to rely on other people, and then people can't intrude on their space. They also tend to be original thinkers who believe in a, like a utopia. That's very possible. So they may have really creative solutions to problems that they face, but they may keep those a secret. Like, okay, they have like, maybe they have like all of the solutions to all the problems, but it's like in their private world and no one really even knows and they don't feel qualified to speak up about it. And as far as my Enneagram type, I am a social seven with an eight wing. All right, friends, this was so fun. What a fun group of questions. Again, if you have Enneagram questions, please don't hesitate to text or call them in to 828-338-9127. As always, I absolutely love creating this content for you and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode.